Bellissimo Files on Spin. And now, your host, yes. Serena Bellissimo. Good morning. How's it going? Serena here with you for the next couple of hours. And what a couple of hours I've got for you. If you are a fan of the Jurassic World franchise, you're not going to want to go anywhere because I am talking to the legend that is... Jeff Goldblum. He's going to be talking about making the film, how he feels about it and what it was like reuniting with his Jurassic Park co-stars. His Jurassic World Dominion co-star Mamadou Athi also talks to us about being in the film and his biggest regret. What did he say that he's so embarrassed about? We're going to find out about that a little later on. And I'll also be catching up with the stars of Love, Victor. They're going to be talking about how they feel about the series coming to an end. But up next, I'll introduce you to our one to watch this week. It is A Boy in Chords. Oh, the Bellissimo Files. One to watch. This week's One to Watch describes his musical awakening as being the product of both a personal meltdown and pandemic listlessness. He has just released his first single, Stupid Like That, and it's already caught the attention of the Made in Chelsea's uh, Made in Chelsea producers. It's A Boy in Chords. A Boy in Chords. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Serena. I'm delighted to be here. How and why A Boy in Chords? Okay, so a boy in chords, what it effectively means for me is somebody who's very comfortable in their own skin, who, who's not out to impress. I used to live in, in New York City. I lived in San Francisco. You know, I lived a, a lifestyle that was, you know, very city-based and big. And now I live in the countryside and I'm just a boy in chords. I'm just a regular guy who happens to love making music. And that's that's why I'm a boy in chords. And I love the chords as well. You're a boy in literal chords and a boy in chords as in music, making Music. And, I, and, and one day I will show you I have a fine selection of different coloured chords. <laughs> I love your first single, Stupid Like That. A lot of people are excited to just get their single played out on the radio. But you have managed to get your first single as a boy in chords noticed by the producers of Made in Chelsea. How does that happen? Yeah, look, it's a real pinch me uh, situation. So, you know, I hadn't put my music out to many people before I released it. So I had a friend who worked for Netflix by chance who knew the music supervisor from Made in Chelsea. I get very excited because I love the show. You know, maybe it's not cool for me to say that, but I've been watching it on the slide for years. And I watch it with my phone in hand and Shazam at the ready because I found so much new music that way. And wow. I, lo I love the way that they treat music on that show. So it's not in the background. It's, you know, they, they move music to the foreground. So if I could have landed, you know, on any show, that would be the one. And within a day, I got a response back saying, oh my God, I love your I love your song. I sent her a few more as well. She told me that she loved all of them and wanted to include them in the summer series. Just in terms of exposure, for the first outing of what I'm doing, I mean, it, it's it's really a dream come true. You know, it's, it's phenomenal. It really is amazing as well. It really is all about thinking outside the box. Absolutely. Look, I, I, look I'm well aware. I'm, I'm not going to make money from music, really. I mean, how many streams do you have to get to actually try to, to, try to get a bit of cash coming in? You know, if I'm, if I'm producing music that I'm proud of, that I think has a chance for commercial success, then it's got to be on TV, on ads, on, on movies. Uh, so that's what I'm that's what I'm really focusing on. I mean, radio play is huge for me as well because I'm I'm unknown. This is my first single, so the very fact that I'm talking to you, you know, is really exciting for me. But you know, outside of Ireland, 
I'm, I'm making connections in, uh, in, in, in film companies, in, in TV companies in the US and the UK. And that's where I'm putting a lot of my effort, really. Wow, that's really interesting to hear. Because I was going to say, you know, when you have success like this, your first single, Made in Chelsea, do you think about touring, doing t- festivals? Or for you, is the next 12 months trying to get into as many production houses as possible? That, yeah, that's exactly it. Look, I've thought about this a lot. And I have friends who keep urging me to, to play gigs. And, you know, really, as a new artist, you should probably be out there playing gigs. I'm just not going to do it, right? Because there's not a demand there for it. Nobody knows me yet. If I ever get to a stage where I've got a huge fan base, then, of course, you know, I'll do gigs and festivals. And you said at the very start of, of this, you know, my Boy and Chords project came about through, you know, a mix of pandemic listenessness. Uh, and a personal meltdown. And actually the personal meltdown part is what's steering my strategy here. So I I went through, you know, some really serious anxiety and panic issues. I ended up in hospital. I started doing transcendental meditation. I got some great support from people. But what it made me do was realize, Jesus, you know, so my time is the biggest priority for me and how I use that time. So I use my time writing music and I write really fast. I'll ditch something unless within the first five minutes it sounds like it has potential to be a single. I'm going to do a different route. Who knows if it'll work? I'm going to give it a bash. Well, do you know what? You're giving it a go. And it's just, it's really interesting that, you know, when it does come to your passion, there's so many ways to live out your passion. Well, yeah, absolutely. And you know what? When you when you boil it all down, the joy that I get even just from myself, if my, if yeah. my music never even went further than my own ears, you know, from a mental health perspective and just, you know, what I really, really love to do, that's a foundational level there. Anything else on top of that for me is, is icing on the cake. Now, you know, obviously I do have ambition and I do, I hope that people love the music and I can't wait to start releasing more tracks just really people who, who love music as much as I do. I'm hoping they'll like the music and, and sharing that will be, you know, just a huge thrill for me. Well, a boy in chords, good luck with all of this. Can't wait to see what happens for you next. If anyone wants to follow you and find out what you're playing, where we can hear it, give us your socials. At a boy in chords um, as my Instagram handle and just, you know, chords is spelled C-O-R-D-S as in the trousers. But I'm on YouTube as well. I've got a YouTube channel, got a couple of videos on there. I actually did a, a wham cover um, that I think uh, kind of interesting. Maybe people might want to have a listen to that. But the video for uh, Stupid Like That, my first single, is there as well. And also on, on my Instagram, you'll hear snippets of some of my other tracks that I'm going to release later in the year and into next year. Brilliant. Well, good luck with all of that. Um, I'm not going to let you go without playing your new single on the show. Will you introduce it for us? I will indeed. Thank you. Um, this is a boy in chords. This is my first single, Stupid Like That, live on the Bellissimo Files and thank you very much for everybody for listening. This is the Bellissimo Files. Exclusive to Spin. Jurassic World, Jurassic Park fans are very, very excited because finally the day that they were waiting for yesterday, Jurassic World Dominion dropped at all our cinemas. Um, if you're a fan, you'll know that this is the last instalment in the Jurassic World franchise. Well, for now, until they come up with another chapter. But for now, it is finishing. But coming back for the final instalment is Jeff Goldblum. He's back as Dr Malcolm. And joining him is who is Mamadou Afi. He plays his assistant, Ramsey. Now, I have to say, I flew over to London for this interview and it's probably one of my favourite interviews yet. I walked in and they were full of chat and there were moments where I just sat back and 
I forgot I was in an interview. I actually was just watching them and just felt like I was a fly on a wall in their conversation. So from time to time, I do throw in a question, but I just let them chat. And when I walked in, they were chatting about the junket venue we were at and it was a hotel in London called... I cannot remember the name of the hotel, but we were talking um, about the hotel we were at and we started talking about favourite movies. So that's why the interview just sort of starts. I just caught the tail end of their conversation and we just kept it going. Junkets. This is where you have a lot of junkets. We do. At the Coringa. We don't get to stay. We just get to come and leave. Actually, you said that's got some like it hot in there. Well. Jurassic World, Jurassic Park, mm-hmm. a lot of people, favourite film. What are your favourite films? Good, good, good question. I wasn't going to ask that. that you brought question. it up. Well... That's a stimulate. I love, I'm a cinema file. You know what? One of my favorite films, uh, it's it's tough for me. Can I give you two? Of course you can. Um, do the I right Do one. the right Thing means a lot to me. Ooh. It's a beautiful movie. I love it. I also love her very, 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 very much. Her? Yeah. Yes, with Joaquin Phoenix yeah. and Scarlett Johansson playing the voice. Yeah. I love that. And it's very relevant to our world. AI and the new and perhaps the potential consciousness mm-hmm. of the intelligence that we create and what about that like the Blade Runner I like that last Blade Runner movie that's you that's one of your a lot well I'm just off the top of my head I have a hundred favorites and I couldn't possibly plan and give them to you but now that you mentioned it that you know I love that Spike Lee movie I love that you know I love the Spike Lee movie before that she's got a habit love that anyway we could talk about movies for a minute but one of my current favorite movies is not to toot our own horn But so although I'd see anything with you in it, no, is uh, Jurassic World Dominion. That is true. You saw it today, or I saw it a couple of days ago in Dublin. Do you know what I loved most? What? Seeing all of you all together. Yeah. Like I loved. At one stage, Malcolm turns around and he says to um, Ellie, he says, "Look at you. Look at me." This is trippy. That's right. <laughs> Was that like that for you guys? That's funny. For different reasons. Uh, yes. Yes. Uh, I mean, you, I couldn't put it, actually, that's that's the word that I've been searching for. I've been saying surreal. No, it's trippy. It, it was trippy because, again, I, I, I grew up watching these guys as these characters and then to work with them as an actor and the, as the, those characters and then also admiring their prior work. It was, it was kind of a lot to handle for me. I don't know. But how about you? I, I want to hear about that, actually. I'm still overwhelmed by it. I still have to pinch myself. I'm still processing yeah. the whole thing. When that's true, you know, someday I'm going to be home and go, I did yeah, right? that, and then we went to London, and I never we asked you, and, and we talked with. But yeah, yeah, no, it, it's true. It's uh, especially being a kid, and what I was fixated and obsessed with, and somehow magically romantic about the idea of being an actor. Yeah. you know the fact that I got to be not getting to. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, you still are though, in a, in a beautiful. Well, world, thank right? you so much. Yes, I'm feeling more appreciative of it than ever and That's enjoy great. it more. That's true. And wait, That's what was great. I going to say? What was your question? Wait, you, you had a que- what was your question? How did it feel turning up to set and having your old mates there? Well, yeah, fantastic. But was that the question you were... What we, oh, trippy. Trippy, trippy. trippy. <laughs> yes. Oh, no, I say that. Yes, I say that in that scene with the great... And the other, and the other answer is it felt trippy and <laughs> wondrous and amazing. 30 years, we haven't been on screen together in all that time. And then, wow. you know, Laura Dern is one of the great screen artists. Sam Neill is one of the great screen artists. Oh. Those careers are... Uh, something to cherish and treasure. Uh, we were full of nostalgia and remembrances, but focus and passion about how we could fulfill this assignment, etc., etc. Do you know what's also trippy? What is it really true, Mama Jo, that you said to Colin? 
can I have as little dinosaur interaction as possible? Why did I say that? I didn't know. <laughs> that, did you did? I, I stupidly said that. Can you imagine saying that to the director of Jurassic World? Well, no, you know. No, come on, it's stupid. <laughs> well, it's the most ridiculous thing I've ever said. Still got the part. I did. Weird, weird. Some people may think that with children and it's animals, Jurassic World. You're gonna, it's dinosaurs. But <laughs> wait about? a minute. But wait a minute. Came over your your magnetism and yeah. presence can stand on its own. You don't oh, need any sweet. animal act. You don't need to go, hey, Jingo, watch this. Me up all day. Come on, jump through the hoop of fire. Well, there we are. There's our show. No, no, no. You can. You are a special effect in itself. Your innards are a rich garden of prehistoric primal force. Uh, now, that's real petrol. <laughs> that's that's real. true. Yeah, that's I don't true. want to leave. This has been oh, such a well. lovely five minutes. Thank you. It's Thank you so well, much. It's the best five minutes of my life. Well. Did we get that on tape? <laughs> <laughs> It was so cool chatting to Jeff Goldblum and Mamadou Athi. If you want to watch that interview back, it is now up on our website, spin1038.com. A little later on in the show, we'll be chatting to the director of Jurassic World Dominion, Colin Trevorrow. And if you are into Jurassic World and you want to know whether it's any good, whether it's any bad, whether you should miss it or definitely go see it on the big screen, well, tune in to We Love Movies tomorrow morning with Gordon Hayden from 8 o'clock because he'll be dissecting the whole film. Let's go! What to watch. What to watch. Joining me now with some great recommendations is our very own Deidre Malumbi. Dee, how's it going? It's going very well. How are you, Serena? I'm good. Now, we've made, I I just want to say, I know this week is all about Jurassic World, but we have made the conscious decision to not talk Jurassic World Dominion today because tomorrow on We Love Movies from 8 o'clock, Gordon and the whole team will be dissecting the whole film. So on today's show, Dee, we thought we'd give some other recommendations. That's right. So we're looking at two on-demand releases. One is Hustle, which is the new Adam Sandler movie on Netflix now. And the other one is Miss Marvel, which is the latest Marvel TV series to come to Disney+. Plus. Let's start with Hustle. And can I ask a question? Has um, Adam Sandler just signed an exclusive deal with Netflix? Because everything seems to be going straight to Netflix. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I do remember, I remember a few years ago, there was some huge deal that they signed with one another. But I have to say what I am liking about Adam Sandler's more recent career is he is turning to a bit more uh, drama. He recently did Uncut Gems. And this one I'd also probably describe as more of a drama than a comedy. And I think it really suits him. I, you'd forget sometimes that when he's not doing these ridiculous over the top <laughs> comedic roles, he's an actual good actor. Yeah. So what's, what acting is he doing in this? What story is he telling us, Dee? So Adam Sandler in this film, he plays uh, Stanley Sugarman, who is an aging international basketball scout for the Philadelphia 76ers of the NBA. So he lives his life uh, on the road. He's looking for future stars. And then one day he comes across this extraordinary basketball player abroad. However, now he has to get the approval of his team to actually bring this guy to the top. Let's take a clip. I love this game. I live this game. There's a thousand other guys waiting in the wings who are obsessed with this game. Obsession is going to be talent every time. You got all the talent in the world, but are you obsessed? Is it all you ever think about? Let's face it, it's you against you out there. A clip there from Hustle. D, I'm obsessed by sports movies. It doesn't matter what sport they're talking about. I'm usually all in. I do love basketball, though. So I am hoping, is this something that I'm absolutely going to love and go back to time and time again? 
I actually think that this is right up your alley, Serena, because it's basically everything that you know and love of a sports drama. It can be a little kind of cliched and predictable in times, but you know what? Those inspiring t- speeches, the training montages where, you know, we're getting better every time, the bit of unorthodox learning, you know, yep. lessons along the way. That's all the stuff that we absolutely adore from this kind of genre so um yeah it basically ticks all the boxes and i have to say if you're a fan of basketball as well there are so many cameos in this movie now i i have to admit i'm, I'm not that big in the nba <laughs> but i did even i recognized a few of them so that's also a good sign um this movie it reminded me a lot of the film moneyball but also it's very jerry Maguire because oh, wow. uh, stanley sugarman basically ends up kind of striking out on his own and all his eggs are in one basket uh, with regards to this player and i think that after after the last dance, you know, Netflix have been looking more uh, to kind of basketball uh, sort of content because people do really respond to it, you know. Yeah. D, films like this, you know, you mentioned Moneyball there, um, they usually receive Oscar nominations. Is this uh, worthy of an Oscar nom or is it just a good film? I'm not sure. I think that it's more of a crowd pleaser, to be honest. I don't know if Adam Sandler is so good in it that he's going to get um, an award nomination anytime soon. I know there was a lot of buzz around him, around Uncut Gems, for example, but I don't know if this film is that um, is that kind of Oscar-worthy. And again, it's kind of early in the season, I think, to be talking about next year's Oscar, so I yeah. don't know if that'll be it. But it is, look, it's your kind of Hollywood um, underdog story, formulaic sports drama, and it is, it is really feel-good. So I have to say, I really... I really enjoyed this one. I think everybody would get something out of it. What are you going to give it out of five? You know what? I'm in a, I'm in a good mood, so I'm going to give it four out of five stars. Wow. I really like this one. Okay, yeah. that's on my list. The next rainy day we're getting, I'm watching Hustle. Um, yeah. But if, if you want a TV series, Disney Plus have their latest Marvel uh, TV series, funnily enough, called Miss Marvel. That's right. So we are following Kamala, who is this huge uh, superhero fan. She has a big imagination. You know, she imagines all these like cartoons and comics all around her in her day to day life. And she is a particularly big fan of Captain Marvel. However, she doesn't feel like she can, she really fits in at school. She doesn't really get along with her parents, you know, all the regular teenage woes. Um, But then one day she magically gets superpowers like all of those superheroes that she's looked up to all her life. Let's take a clip. So your brother told us about your Avengers party? He did. Yes. And even though it will be a distraction from your studies and there will be a lot of haram going on there, Kamala, we have decided to let you go. Really? 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 (laughs) Yes, but there are special conditions. A clip there from Miss Marvel, the new Disney Plus TV series. Dee, I'm Avengered out. Having said that, I did love WandaVision. Am I going to love this? Yeah, it's kind of, see, I feel really bad because I've actually only seen, there's only one episode of it so far. And what I felt like, it was very much kind of teenager. And this is a very oh, kind I of love teenage that stuff. oriented show. I yeah, love I that mean, stuff. <laughs> at the same time, the actress who plays Kamala is absolutely so adorable and a bit adorkable, yeah. if I may borrow a phrase from New Girl. So she is, she's very sweet. It's very, um, it's a very kind of likable show so far. I feel like it's so kind of early in the game to say, um, you know, if it's going to be one of the bigger Marvel series. I know that Moon Knight, for example, I don't know if that was quite as big a hit as the likes of, you know, WandaVision have been and Falcon and the Winter Soldier and stuff like that. But it is, it's got a bit of creativity to it. Like I said, I think that the most unique thing about it is um, both Kamala as a super um, hero. She's actually Pakistani and she's the very first um, Muslim superhero that we've had in this kind of leading role in a oh, Marvel wow. series. And I really like that they kind of integrated her uh, culture really nicely into the series so far. 
And I also find it really kind of visually interesting because the whole idea is she writes her own comic book series, she does her own YouTube series, and she actually imagines all of these kind of cartoons all around her, like when she's walking down the street and stuff. So that's made for some kind of really interesting visuals. So like I said, it's a bit early to say, but having watched the first episode, I'm intrigued and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep on checking it out and hope for the best. Yeah, do you know, the fact that it's set in a different sort of world, like even in the teen tween world, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. interested and I think I am going in. So this is being dropped weekly. That's on right. Disney so Plus. It's being dropped weekly, and my understanding is it is going to eventually uh, tie into Captain Marvel because I think that the next Marvel, because uh, one of the upcoming Marvel movies is the Marvels, so I think that they are going to, you know, kind of um, work together at some point. And I love Brie Larson as Captain Marvel, so yeah. more Captain Marvel, all the better for for me, I think. Yeah. So what are you going to give? And, and again, based on just seeing one episode, but you're going back for more. So what are you going to give that? I'm going to give it three and a half stars. Like I said, it's very early days, but it's promising. Okay. Deidre Malumbi, thanks a million for that. We'll catch you back next week. Thanks for having me. This is the Bellissimo Files. Exclusive to Spin. Love, Victor, is coming to an end. Three series have... um, This is the third season, and it comes to Disney Plus on the 15th of June. If you don't know about Love, Victor, the story revolves around Victor. It was originally called Love, Simon. It was a film, a gorgeous film, but now it is about a boy called Victor who moved to a new town and he's um, dealing with his sexuality. Season two, there was a lot... I'm trying not to spoil it for anyone who hasn't started it, so I'm not going to tell you a lot about what's going on, but I will say that season two uh, ended in a major cliffhanger. For those who have watched... Season three picks up from that knock on the door. Whose door is Victor knocking on? What happens for this ca- for the characters? There's so much going on. I caught up with three of the characters. Anthony Turpal, who plays Felix, Isabella Ferreira, who is Pilar, and Mateo Fernandez, who plays Pilar's younger brother, Adrian. Let's talk to them about how they feel about this gorgeous series coming to an end. Guys, lovely to meet you all. Nice to meet you too. Anthony, you've said that you loved going to work every single day. So mm. when they call you up and go, you've only got a few more days to love this or a few more months to love this, how did you feel? How did you react? You know, it was uh, it was sad for sure. Um, and, uh, you know, we've been doing this for like three years. And so, uh, you know, I got to know everyone really well. Um, it was truly a family, really. And uh, it was some of the best moments of my life. So obviously I was really bummed out about it but uh the fact i was able to do this at all was just incredible and so uh i'm more thankful than anything for sure isabella fans have loved this and you said after the first season when it dropped it was kind of overwhelming tell us about that yeah i think i mean going into any project that you're about to create that you care so deeply about it's going to be a little nerve-wracking especially when it's coming out for people to see all around um but i think overall it's it's genuinely just amazing it's an amazing feeling being able to get messages from people saying that this story has helped them a lot and just getting these heartfelt messages it's it's amazing mateo what was the last day like for you guys it was so sad it was really really sad the filming the scene was really really fun it was it was really fun but it was really sad saying goodbye to everyone and we've just known each other for so long uh and we're almost like a family now so saying goodbye to everyone was really sad anthony what was that rap party like was there a lot of ugly crying ah yeah no uh (laughs) 
I yeah, it, it, it was uh, it was I would say an emotional time for a lot of us. Uh, it, you know, I think we all were anticipating this uh, uh, for like a month, and so when it finally came, it was just kind of more of like a shocking thing. Like, man, it's finally it's finally over. Yeah. But it ended on like the perfect note, and uh, um, I think you know we were just all super proud about the season and the work we put into it. Um, and now I think we're focused on you know like uh, uh, putting it out there, having everybody enjoy it. Anthony, everyone likes a bit of a memento from their time on set. Did you take anything to remind you of your time on Love Victor? I took so much. <laughs> What'd you take? What'd you I take? Mean, so I mean, I uh, uh, this jacket for starters, I got uh, a sign that I think is at Michael's house at the moment, and then uh, a teapot. And so, yeah, I, I took a couple of things. Hold on, back it up. Why? I can understand the clothes. I can understand the sign, mm. the teapot. <laughs> that one's for my ma. <laughs> yeah, she, I, she, was, she said she wanted a teapot, and so they let me take this, uh, this thing. I think it was in Brasstown Coffee. But, yeah, I, I definitely, you know, I tried to get as many mementos as I possibly could. Isabella, did you take any teapots? <laughs> I, I actually didn't take a teapot, but I did take a croissant. Um, actually, not a croissant, a baguette. A baguette, okay? Um, <laughs> a fake one, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Um, I took it from Brassam Coffee as well. It's like this fake squishy baguette, and I just have that in my room now. Um, I also have Pilar's choker that she always wears, so I took that as well. And Mateo, what did you take? Uh, I took the the salt and pepper shaker, and they were like little characters, like they had like faces on them, and it said salty and peppy, so I have that now. These are not things I expected. How do you follow up an experience like this? What's next? Oh gosh, I mean, I don't even know if you can. This was it was just such a amazing show to be a part of in every way the best experience of my life for sure Isabella what about you I don't know I think I'm just so grateful to have this be kind of like my first big experience because everybody's just been so amazing and I mean these people are my family now so I'm kind of nervous for the future but um, I'm sure it'll be great and I'm glad that I got to learn all of my lessons through them and with them so yeah we'll see and Mateo? Uh, I definitely feel the same way. Uh, I really don't know what's going to happen in the future, but I'm really, really glad that I was in this show and I got to meet the people that I did and went through the experiences that I did. It's so nice to hear that you've all had a lovely experience because we've all enjoyed watching it. Thank you for giving us this. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. If you haven't seen Love, Victor, do yourselves a favour. It's on Disney+. Plus. You can binge the first two seasons because the final season doesn't drop until Friday, the 15th of June, which is this Friday. And on next week's show, I'm going to be talking to two more of the stars of Love, Victor, Anthony Keevan, who plays Raheem, and Ava Capri, who plays Lucy. They'll be telling us about what their last day on set was like and what they stole from set. I have to say, Anthony's, I think, so far is my all-time favourite. If you want to get a sneak peek before next week, you can catch that video. It's up on our website, spin1038.com. Producer Aoife is back with us in studio with lots of things that we missed this week, including it's so good to see Brittany so happy. This is just one of those moments that's going to go down in pop culture history. Yeah. You know, when we look back on the 2000s and you have things like Britney herself and Justin Murray in the double denim, we have all these iconic moments. I feel like either this is a weird, like, 
glitch in the system thing that has happened or it will go down as one of those moments because it's just one of the craziest things and the strangest group of people I have seen together in a long, long time. Because, you know, uh, Brittany got married yesterday to Sam and, you know, you'd think we'd be talking about the nuptials and, you know, how happy they are and they do. They look really happy. The yes. celebrants came out and said it was such a lovely um, ceremony. And of course but, she was finally able to get married being out of her conservatorship as well, exactly. which is amazing for her. She walked herself down the aisle to freedom. Aww. Like, it's it's just, it's so lovely to see. But yeah. it is this moment that we're talking about. See if you can, and if you can tell who is in this Vogue <laughs> clip just by this clip, I, I bow down to you. Yeah. <laughs> we're, in the mood. we're in the mood. So don't just stand there. Let's get to it. Strike a pose. There's nothing to it. <laughs> My favourite thing about that clip is how at the beginning none of them know the words. I know. Even the one who Even originated the one who originated the song. So Madonna is in there with Britney. The one person that I can hear, but I can hear her now because I know who was in that yes. photo, is Drew, Drew Barrymore. Barrymore. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think she's kind of closest to the camera as well. So this is kind of, it's probably they were getting a photo taken together and someone took a video of them and probably went, wouldn't it be so funny if we all sang Vogue? <laughs> so in the lineup of people, you have Donatella Versace. She made the wedding dress and the wedding suit. Still amazing that she's there. I know, yep. Paris Hilton. Now, they were best friends back... Why am I explaining everyone? They were were best friends back in the noughties and they have um, stayed in touch. Yeah. Drew Barrymore. Apparently, Drew has reached out to her during this time and she could understand... Look at me. She could understand what um, uh, uh, Britney has gone through because she herself was a child entertainer. Yeah. Madonna herself, who we know Britney is very close to. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. The one that kind of caught me by surprise. Yep. Selena Gomez. How has Selena got in with all of these icons? So, I was talking to a friend about this. And I, I was thought like, you were going to be like, I was talking to Selena. <laughs> <laughs> Gave her a call last night. With Selena, I thought, you look great. She looked fabulous oh, in yeah. that blue outfit. Um, but apparently, Britney has just called out Selena in a good way over the years. Okay. So, yeah, it was it was not a group I expected to see together. No. But I love that. I'm thinking of getting that photo printed and framed and put it in my house. It's the real, it's like the Oscar selfie all yeah. over again. It's like just people... I think we all obviously know celebrities are real people, but when you see so many iconic ones in the same place at the same time, it's a bit disorientating. Exactly. Very strange. So, yeah, I, it's, if you can go check it out and also the video of them singing, because as I said, I just love that they don't know the words at the beginning when actual Madonna is standing there. It's quite hilarious. And what about Donatella at the end, sort of just looking and giving yeah. this awkward smile? Like, it, it really is worthwhile. Go over to Britney's Instagram. Madonna has a whole heap up. Uh, Drew Barrymore, Selena Gomez. Take your pick and go check it out. It's as we said, it's just really good to see her happy. Yes, yeah. definitely. A lot of people are happy, especially you, because you have I been know. frequenting them. The festivals are back. I feel like this is all I go on about on this show. But as you know, I love my music. I love my dance music. I love my festivals. And I'm just so happy to see they're back. I got to my first one last week at Forbidden Fruit. It was a bit of a washout, but we still had a great time. You still had some great eye makeup going in there as well. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but uh, if you want to get yourself along to more, there is Beyond the Pale is happening this weekend out in Glendalock. not too far from Dublin. And also... Peter next week is giving you the chance to head along to Longitude. Make sure you tune into him all week and you can be on a chance to get your hands on those very, very 
uh, hot property tickets yeah. is what I'll call them. <laughs> and you had one more bit of news for us uh, t- tonight, today. <sighs> Love Island, it is back. And, you know, everyone going, mm, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Will I watch? Maybe I'll just dip in, out, dip in and out. And then yesterday happened and people are hooked. I was that person all week. <laughs> I watched the first episode on Monday and I was like, yeah, you know, it's Love Island. Here we go again. It's the same, you know. Are they going to be able to shake it up? They did midweek by bringing in a girl called Ekin Sue and Afia. Now, Afia has kind of fallen into the background, but Ekin Sue has just turned everything upside down and she's after everyone's man and she's causing a bit of drama like Maura did when she first went in. So she's kind of entertaining. But last night, Serena... What happened? I will be glued to the telly tomorrow night because at the very end of the episode, they revealed there's a new boy coming in. But what we heard was Gemma saying oh my God, that's my ex-boyfriend, and then cut to credits. Okay, so that's what she could have just said was, oh my God, here comes the drama. Yes, so I I am kind of new to Love Island. I only started watching it two or three years ago, but the OG Love Islanders tell me that this happened in, I think, season two. They brought in an ex and it really, really shook things up because people are like, is he coming in to win her back? Is he coming in to mess with her head? Is he coming in to like crack on with other girls? So yeah. Sunday night, I, I'm dying to see what happens. Wow. And look, if you miss anything, Tara has you covered. Check yes. out our socials across all our socials. Daily updates on what's happening on Love Island. This is the Bellissimo Files. Exclusive to Spin. Earlier on in the show, we had Jeff Goldblum and Mamadou Athi talking about Jurassic World Dominion. Now it's time to turn to the director, Colin Trevorrow. He directed the first Jurassic World Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, he came back, but he only wrote, only wrote. I mean, that's a big deal. But he didn't direct the second one. He wrote that one. And now he is back to finish off the trilogy, Jurassic World Dominion. I caught up with him to talk about how it feels to be saying goodbye and so much more. Colin, congratulations. Back for the final. Yeah, thank you. When I met you, the second film... We were talking about the themes that these films had and you said the first one was all about introducing the franchise, the second part of the franchise. The second one was taking responsibility for the actions of the first one. Mm-hmm. What's the theme around this one? To me, this is it's about redemption. It's about recognising that we are uh, culpable uh, for our own choices and that we need to find ways to uh, hopefully make things right and we can only do that if we do it together. Walking around London today I walked past Trafalgar Square, there's this massive um, Jurassic Park set up there and fans going wild I've walked into the hotel today, I haven't seen queues of fans outside a hotel for ages or the, yeah. there's people downstairs waiting to meet you all I saw on the way in, I talked to a few but there's more now. Yeah, how do you deal with the fans' expectations? Because when it comes to this, they're, they're really possessive it's of true. it. It's yeah, true. Actually, just when we just came from Mexico City, and uh, it was, I don't know how many people were there, but it was endless fans who had all shown up uh, to see, uh, you know, in Dewanda's case, a character they don't even know yet, but they yeah. know they're going to love her. They've seen a picture of her, and they're like, yes. Uh, to me, yeah, it's, it's it's incredible to to know that we've somehow managed to sustain the enthusiasm and the love for this because uh, it's it is so fragile it's so easy to break it yeah and i'm i i know how how you know one one wrong move uh can can hurt people really deeply on a personal level when it comes to their you know to the characters they love uh so you know we were we were very thoughtful how did you feel on day one going this is it like this is what we've been working towards it's great a lot of people don't even get to finish what they started you no. get to finish what you started 
this is the end. Yeah, I mean, for, yeah, ish. <laughs> for I mean, for me, yeah, it is, and and yet, I don't, you know, I, 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 the fact that I get to do things like this in movies in the first place is is just an unbelievable thrill. The first day, we were out in this big snowy open. Uh, field with mount huge snowy mountains in, in British Columbia with Chris Pratt on horseback, uh, you know, riding with dinosaurs. And it was just so thrilling to be out shooting a Western like that. We're shooting on 65 millimeter. It was very exciting. So, uh, yeah, I was, I was so fired up that I didn't even have time to process it. What are you going to miss most about this? Mm. Um, well, these people, you know, I, I care so much about Bryce Dallas Howard and Chris Pratt and and uh, you know Omar like all of these uh, amazing actors I've gotten to work with and now you know Jeff and Laura and Sam, BD, uh, Dewanda, Mamadou. Um, these I, I can't believe it, but these are my friends and we we made something together that we really care about uh, and I hope we just hope the rest of the world receives it uh, in the way that we made it. You mentioned Jeff, Laura, Sam. What was that moment like for you when the three, I mean, Jeff's been involved, but when the three of them came together on set, was there a fanboy moment? Um, what was different, yes, but what was different is that this time we had been living together for a month already. So I, you know, Thanks to COVID. We were all in the same hotel. We knew each other really well, and we'd been working on what we were going to do. So that's how we actually got out there to do it. It was a little bit more like, you know, we're a basketball team that had been practicing for a little while, and then we just went out on the court. How do you um, follow this up now? Do you take a break? Like, what do you do? Because it's been a big part of your life. It has. Um, it's really important to me to produce younger filmmakers and, and give uh, other voices the same opportunity that I was given. So that's something I'm really focusing on. Um, and I've got, you know, I, I will hopefully, if people like this, make more movies. I love that. I love that you are, I, I think you're right. You need to bring up others, but please don't. <laughs> close to like forget about you as well I won't, yeah, yeah, I won't quit. Brilliant. a nice balance would be lovely <laughs> thanks Colin alright thanks so much Jurassic World Dominion is in cinemas now if you missed any of my interviews with the cast of Jurassic World Dominion or Colin Trevor and you want to watch it back on um, video you can it is up now on our website spin1038.com are you ready Eva's dance track of the week just clap your hands to the beat <laughs> Now, Aoife is always in at this time of the week, but um, we don't usually start with a dance track, do we, Aoife? I'm kind of hijacking a little bit here, but we're just going to go with it for this week because there's two tunes that I couldn't not put up against each other for the track of the week, and they are both contenders for Aoife's dance track of the week. So you're kind of helping me pick it this week. I it's love like it. It's like a collective dance track of the week. <laughs> I love it. Well, and you know I'm never going to complain yeah. about that. So let's start with Annie Mac. Oh, I am loving this. This is from Melee Brown and Annie Mac. It is called... Uh, oh, sorry. Remind me of the name of Feel About You. Feel About You. I love how you dance with your eyes closed in a trance. And when the lights come on, I see your face and I know I don't stand a chance. So just take my hands. Let's go right now. Let's walk home as the sun comes up. Go over the bridge to south. Oh, Aoife, oh. I love that. The reason I had to ask you the name is because I keep going to call it Feeling For You. Remember that other big dance track there was? The Feel About You is the name <laughs> of this new one from L.A. Brown and Annie Mac. I just love this. Annie Mac's voice, she's a very listenable voice for this kind of thing. And that's her telling kind of a story of a night out throughout with those lovely dancey disco vibes. Um, the two of them 
teamed up on this and said it's an open letter to love, friendship, youth and night clubbing. Oh, absolutely. How gorgeous is that? I love it. Just good, good vibes all around. So that is up for Aoife's Dance Track of the Week slash Track of the Week on Spin. <laughs> and uh, up against it, another big belter this week from Belters Only called I Will Survive. You can see why I could not put these two up for the track of the week and my dance track of the week. Just amazing. So, of course, that is uh, I Will Survive uh, from Melters Only. So, we're going to give you 25 seconds to decide (laughs) because we're going to play a very quick clip from George Ezra, his new one. Yeah, this is Dance All Over Me. Come on and dance. from George Ezra. Isn't it? It's a bit yeah. more upbeat and he has his new album out from yesterday. It's called Gold Rush Kid so make sure you go check it out. And he just makes me smile anytime I play what, any of his tracks he makes me smile. I know. Same. As does this. I am so excited. Aoife, what have people, because we couldn't decide, but what have people decided is going to be this week's track of the week? I'm so happy you chose this one. It's from Melly Brown and Annie Mac. It's called Feel About You on the Bellissimo Files. I cannot stop smiling. Thank you for voting that. Your Bellissimo Files, single of the week, Mally Brown, Annie Mac, feel about you. Don't forget as well, if you want to catch that and more new music, head over to www.spin1038.com or our app and you can get the Fresh Hits playlist over there. Did you really just say I don't know why I did that. It just came out of my mouth. We've just gone back to 1992. But Jess, who's up next, will be bringing us back to 2022. If you missed any of today's show, it is up as a podcast. Aoife and I will be back. No, Aoife's on holidays. I'll be back next week. Which I obviously need. Yes, enjoy. (laughs) Have a great weekend. Bye.